0: Let's get this party started
1: This is Ghetto Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570 It's on a website This is FNA
0: Man, get out my way and watch out as I come
1: I am a god, now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? (laughs) That's a scary crew.
0: (laughs) As far as the product goes... Uh, Voice of a new generation, man. You guys are the young guys. Are Really at the top of their games. The two of them had something in common. We bring you Radio Ecstasy.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Broadcasting live from the
0: studios of AM570. FNA. FNA. Let it happen. This is
1: the FNA Podcast. It's the FNA Podcast on a Monday. Who do you love? Hopefully us. That's why you're here. Now I am not here to get my ass beat on
0: Monday.
1: That's YG, right, Kevin? He's one of that boys. was not YG. That was Wait,
0: actually, what? that was Coach. That, that was, uh, oh, all oh, you mean, the yeah. confused. I'm about to say, hold so on. I am not here to get my ass beat on Monday. So YG, you sound older and wider and more crotchety than I last imagined you. That was Bobby Knight yeah. rapping, wasn't right. it? Oh, no. I'm not here. <laughs> how about bob knight do coaching someone like yg uh not well with no. this entire generation somebody's getting stabbed i don't know i don't know who by the way it could be either of them bob you knight know, versus the millennials the would be a good game show <laughs> somebody somebody's getting
1: stabbed <laughs> that, that wouldn't work it'd be Something like tells the, me was it uh the vibe awards where dre almost got stabbed by that one guy and then young buck got him speaking of rappers what was the BET awards? They haven't been there. Has been a vibe awards in a while. I didn't want to go BET, you know? yeah. I didn't want to, I don't want to assume it's not Source either. Source has been gone forever, yeah. Y'all don't
0: love us. By the time Young Buck has been up, I would imagine that vibe awards were gone, but I'm not really sure. If you know what, no, it was the BET Hip Hop Awards, I think, is when Young Buck got into it, uh. so it wasn't the BET awards. It was the BET Hip Hop Awards specifically, which, by the way, are recorded like four months in advance and edited down a lot for, <laughs> for ob- reasons like that. Obvious reasons. Young Buck, yeah. formerly of G Unit. Uh, yes, who I had a solo project last year. He I It was pretty good. He went to
1: jail for a was little okay. while, though, right? He was okay.
0: He's all right. Um, yeah, he's all right. Not terrible. I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that he's uh, one of the great, you know, rappers of the last decade, but I he guess did his thing.
1: for G Unit's
0: crew. He was decent. Well, let's see. I mean, uh, game was the best one to me. This is just my own personal opinion. He was an early game was the best game was the last one. And he was kind of barely on the fringes when he I mean, there was beef when he first got in there. Um, So game was probably the best one. 50 was the second best. Lloyd Banks was the problem right nah, no uh yayo <laughs> for me was the problem Banks, i want to put Lloyd banks ahead of young buck actually personally so i was never a big fan of yayo and he was the guy that was in jail initially that was part of the entire crew but his solo stuff took a while to get off the ground because he was always locked up or always caught up in some stuff
1: i did enjoy rolling around in my pathfinder playing stunt 101 that was a good song <laughs> <laughs> i just like the way you said stunt, stunt 101, 101 no. <laughs> i'm white <laughs> Fred in case, Rogan. in case anybody didn't know well you know the old fred rogan sound drop yeah I'm white, white. white power somebody deleted that by the way bastards i don't have it anymore must be fred all i have now is
0: hey where are the white women at oh. that one
1: that one ain't going nowhere <laughs> <laughs> trust me neither are we it's a big f&a podcast on a monday coming up on the back end of the show we will get to some of your phone calls because we're giving away a good prize this week not that they're usually crap. I mean, a rich mother- it's Twenty dollars, you can do whatever you want. That's
0: pretty good. Yeah. You know, like whenever moms would ask, "What do you want for Christmas?" Like, first, I don't want anything. You've given me enough,
1: but just you, not the sweater. Not the sweater not, me the sweater. not the sweater.
0: That was with my great grandmother, rest <laughs> in peace, who always did that. One year, she gave us, she mailed my sister and I this gigantic box in the mail uh, for Christmas, and I was like, "Oh, this is the motherlode right box? here, man!" I got box? like the whole Ninja Turtle crew, and I got me a big ass shredder. It was matching sweatsuits <sighs> With a bear on the front, <laughs> I think I cried. And how many times did you wear that? Three times, maybe. <laughs> to at that to point, church? Yeah, because at, at that point, Mama's moms still kind of made me wear. It. I mean, she, my grandmother sent this. Like, oh, you gonna wear it. So it was one of those you know situations. Are you gonna get your ass beat at school for wearing this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever wore it to school, but I definitely wore it a couple of times. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> wore it a couple of times, and so I was. I think I actually cried when I when I opened that box up.
1: Now was it? A particular style of bear? Was it a Care Bear? No, it was just like a bedazzle, just like a... Teddy Ruxbury?
0: Oh, Teddy Ruxbury. I had Teddy (laughs) Ruxbury. That thing freaked me to F out. That thing would just start talking and making weird noises in the middle of the night for no reason. They used it in Paranormal
1: Activity 3, I think. Which ba- yeah, was ba- well done because yeah, it based was based on a true story. Yeah, basically, it I was guess the retro one or the prequel. that was done in the eighties, so they had the Teddy Ruxpin Good. in there.
0: Hey, because somebody knew that's based on somebody's past experience. Because
1: that mofo will just
0: start making noises out of nowhere. Uh, he may not eat your cassette tape. He may eat you. <laughs> but his mouth did move, and like you can put your finger in there. It actually had a little bite to it. It was really weird. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, How do we get on that tangent? Geek news. I don't know what's going on. What in geek news exactly? <laughs> I did a Predator review. Okay, good. Because I saw that movie, The Predator, is what the new ones called it. it just came out last Thursday. I saw it on Friday. Got a full review for you with spoilers. But here's the main spoiler. It sucks. So I'm trying to save you some money. Aside from giving away money on this show, as we are giving away a Spider-Man video game this week... Not just anyone. Not Spider Man and Venom, Maximum Carnage, not Separation Anxiety.
0: And for you a-holes on Twitter, I already have the game. Don't give it Well, then don't enter and don't leave a call. F, F you, okay? Y- all. All right? <laughs> That's happening? Really? And by the way, I appreciate you listening and your support. But F you, okay? If you don't want the prize then don't leave a voicemail, and congratulations if you already <laughs> have it. <laughs> Somebody else may not. Yeah, you're cool. It's been out for a couple weeks now. I know we say you can use the Talk Yes hotline and Twitter at KFig1 at follow out a at FNA show to leave us your comments or whatever is on your mind. But I'd rather you leave your smart ass comments when it comes to the prizes that we are bestowing upon our great
1: listeners. in greats. To yourself. <laughs> okay so we're giving away the ps4 new spider-man game we're giving away a promo code for that at the end of this week so whatever calls we have today will be included in the talk hotline winner and that will be the prize And i believe we have a voicemail one voicemail from over the weekend to get to one mother effing voicemail i'm giving away spider-man here like bob Eucher. that's it one g damn hit yeah i know now maybe they're all waiting To call in on Thursday's show because they think there's going to be recency bias and what the last voicemail is that we hear that's going to be at the front of the line for the game. I don't know.
0: Now, not all the time, but I would say history would tell you that we don't
1: forget. Sometimes
0: that happens. Sometimes there's a little bit of recency bias, but generally speaking, we like to be pretty fair about it. We've had better calls on Monday than we've had on Thursday. That's happened. Very fair balance here.
1: Hey, if anything. Especially when D-Mag comes on and talks about Fox News. Just make your call memorable. How about that? Uh, there you go. Okay. First off, though, as we normally do on a Monday following the week in the NFL, it's your NFL six pack. Let's go. Let's go
0: First off six categories from over the weekend. You stupid bitches.
1: Over the weekend, you stupid
0: bitch. I know. I snuck that one in on you. My my apologies. Best win, worst loss, moral victory, moral defeat. Oh, Troy, epic fail. Oh, we got some good ones for that. Yeah, plenty. Yes, yes. And what am I missing here? The uh, biggest surprise.
1: Yes, what in the world? Surprise of the week. Biggest surprise of the week. Adam, what do you got on first? You win. Best win for me? Goes to the New Orleans Saints, not because it's Brie Bree's birthday, the resident Saints fan on this show, but because every time you play the Browns, it's a must win. If the Saints had lost that game and started the year 0-2 with both games being at home in the highly competitive NFC South, it's a jambalaya wrap and their season would have been over. They'd be cooked. But instead, they survived thanks to... Zane Gonzalez, who missed every big kick possible for the Browns. Ty God Taylor somehow ties the game with a 47-yard touchdown throw. But, of course, Gonzalez shanked the extra point that would have put the Browns up 19-18 with a minute 16 left. Instead, the Saints drive down the field, kick a field goal of their own. They make it. It's 21-18. And then Gonzo had another chance to kick a game winner for the Browns and he misses a 52 yarder to end the game in a three point loss. They left eight points out there with kicks missed by Gonzalez in this game afterwards. Yes, he did own the loss being on him, but he also said, of course he did. How, what else are you going to (laughs) say? You know, some of these guys, they just don't want to talk to the media. They're so upset or they start pointing fingers. You know, kicking was uh, was an issue, was a theme this past, this over this weekend when it came to uh, losses. Gonzalez did say, I felt good on all of them heading out there. If he felt good before those kicks that went wider than a doorway in San Antonio... Those big old women down in San <laughs> What happens when his confidence is lower, which you would expect it to be now? Are they going to go backwards through the other team's uprights? Can you score on yourself? I, I don't know how that works. And don't forget, last week Gonzalez had a kick blocked at the end of the game that could have broken the tie against the Steelers. So now... It has been 632 days since the Browns have won a game. They've gone 19 straight without a win. Their last win was against the Chargers in 2016. Their next game is against the Jets this Thursday night. And the Jets did crash land back to earth against the Finns yesterday. That game is possible for the Browns to win, I want to say, on a Thursday night. Where wacky things can happen on a short week for teams. But... I could also see the Jets somehow picking up Josh Gordon (laughs) and he scores two touchdowns against the Browns. That would just be so fitting for Cleveland, right? (laughs) I would think Cleveland probably would go out of their way to make sure they
0: don't trade him to the Jets just for that simple (laughs) fact. Well, are they going to
1: trade him? Are they going to release him? They released a statement that said they're just going to release him, which is stupid, at least get something for him, right? But it's the Browns.
0: Yeah, I think they did. Well, they released a statement saying that we're just not – we're done. He's not. no longer going to be on the roster. The rumor is if they can get something for him, which I would imagine they can get at, at worst a mid-round pick for him because he is so talented, they do that. Because if that was the case – They'd release him yesterday or release him, you know, they say they're going to release him today on Monday. So right. there's a reason why it was out there. It was made public knowledge. They know that they're getting ready to move him. And I guess they want to start a bidding war between teams. The Niners That's said they inquired
1: sense to me. about it. Oh, I think I, I read that nine teams inquired about it. They should, but he is an idiot. And the rumor is that he hurt his hamstring, not at practice. But later that night, he was shooting a video where he was doing some aerial drone strike shots of himself running routes and promoting himself, and that's how he got hurt. Yeah, because initially it was some kind of charity event, and I was like, that sounds kind of weird to
0: be charity. Charity for whom? Exactly, yeah. in that situation. Sure. Now, this the was my shop? moral defeat uh, was the same game, and it was for the Saints. Um I mean, how badly are they missing Mark Ingram from that offense? Now, Alvin Kamara was pretty solid, caught a lot of passes and did so again. But remember, they ran the ball so damn well last year and have not been able to get that on track this season. They had to have a glorious comeback in the fourth quarter just to make it a game and end up getting a victory. Um, But I'm telling you, man, it's a a bad omen for them to struggle like this. And look, the Browns played better defensively last week. They played better this week under Greg Williams. Maybe their defense is going to end up being very good this
1: year. And we just didn't see it coming. Who knows? Even a good but defense, if you're the Saints, though, against that Saints offense in, in that New dunk. Orleans, you would think they'd put up more points than twenty-one. So that's the
0: disturbing part. And to your point, with all those damn missed field goals, I mean, the Browns should have won the game. You yeah. look at it that way. Um, so yeah, the defense also, the defense gave up that big play you mentioned, a Tyrod Taylor, and they had the uh, interception that Marcus Williams, who's probably still smarting from that, uh, from that bad loss last year against the Vikings. Oh. Um, but so the defense, I guess, played okay. Keeping them out of the end zone, but even still, it was a bad home performance. And like to your point, teams that start zero and two do not have the greatest track record of making it to the postseason.
1: I think it's just twelve so, percent of the time.
0: Yeah, that's not a good track record. <laughs> so uh, they, it was they were able to squeak out a win, but I am not extremely encouraged right now if I'm
1: a New Orleans Saints fan. Hi Bree, <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Bree. Yeah brie who works on this show we should probably thank at the end of every show yet we forget uh usually she's the one who does our social media she comes in here once in a while we call her brie brie or miss ambish because she's so ambitious Mm -hmm. i mean she's working with us come on (laughs) all right i'll go uh worst loss of the week here you lose worst loss for me goes to the houston texans who lost to a team in the Tennessee Titans that did nothing but run trick plays for all their points. And I'm not even talking about that fake punt for the 66-yard touchdown. I mean the trick play that is having Blaine Gabbert at quarterback. Every time he throws the ball accurately, that's the surprise to the defense. How are you supposed to plan for that wacky offensive wrinkle? Because Blaine Gabbert... Can't throw the ball at all. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the modern era with a QB rating barely above 74 his career. Yes, that is lower than Tim Tebow's quarterback rating. Give me a shot. I'll get it in for you. You know what I'm saying? 75. So letting Blaine Gabbert throw the ball is a gimmick play. It's a trick. Blaine is not an actual quarterback, but somehow it worked for four quarters against a supposedly good Texans defense. Gabbert finished with a QB rating yesterday of 97. That was still just third best on the team, though, with two other position players making and completing throws. So the Texas lost to a team without a quarterback. Now props to new head coach Mike Vrabel, who gets the first win of his career as a head coach, even though I have hated him since he scored on the Panthers in the Super Bowl back in 2004. He was actually the first defensive player to score a touchdown in a Super Bowl since William Refrigerator Perry. Now, Bears fans are still upset about that. Because Walter Payton didn't get the touchdown? Yeah, they stole a, stole the touchdown from Walter. Yeah, But they won't criticize Mike Ditka, who made that call. That's, that's a tough one for them. I guess so. <laughs> but so this game for the Texans, who are now 0-2, and Deshaun Watson, who was an idiot at the end of this oh, yeah. game, running out the clock and not paying attention, he seems to be in a bit of a sophomore slump. Which we should have saw coming. By the way, this is my worst loss, too. Uh, we should have saw it coming. And there were so
0: many articles that came out over the summer. This guy is the next Michael Jordan. Now, Dabo Sweeney's the one that said about that. That was his college coach, who you know beat Oklahoma. So I guess well, you was was expect him say to say that. But coming off an ACL injury, he made what six starts, seven starts last season, and he looked great. But how often do we see guys come on and tear it up? I hate to keep using the Scott Mitchell reference because it was so damn long ago. And, and I'm not saying he's going to be Scott Mitchell. I think he'll be better than that. We you fall in love with guys after these great you know, individual performances or early performances, and once teams and the league actually gets a book on you, how you adjust to their adjustments mm-hmm. to you, that's how you can stand out and become one of the best. That doesn't mean he won't be. But for people to say, oh, the Texans are going to win the Super Bowl this year and that Deshaun Watson is going to be the MVP. A lot of man, people that, had A hell of Bowl. a lot of people had that, and I just didn't see it. I did not see it whatsoever. He said, if he could have just duplicated or come close to what he did again, playing half a season last year – they would have taken it. Yeah. Not off to the greatest start this year, and especially like you mentioned, bad decision made in, uh, last, uh, yesterday when they had a chance to get them to make a play and get themselves in
1: field goal range to tie the game. You know mentioning Scott Mitchell upsets me because I once had a sweet upper deck insert card from him that was super rare. It was one in every 250 packs. Mm. But because it was Scott Mitchell, it was still only worth 50 damn cents. Well, now I'm getting very irritated. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I got some big league chew for that or something. <laughs> Yes, I could have yeah. or I could've just got the stick of gum that was in the pack. Yeah. Hey, double up. Back then they had Boy, that. Get the double your pleasure, double your fun. Get some <laughs> double mint gum on that for me. Double them. mint twins. Yeah. Uh, now their head coach Bill O'Brien is uh he's on the hot seat this year. After going what, four? and 12 last year, and 9-7 and every year before that. And he's supposed to be good with these quarterbacks. If they fall apart, and they may, just because the division isn't that horrible when you have a team like Jacksonville in it, and now Andrew Luck is back at quarterback, uh, obviously with the Indianapolis Colts, Bill O'Brien's in trouble. Well, people felt
0: he bought himself some time considering how well Deshaun Watson performed last season before he ended up getting hurt. And it was just that, well, he needed to get the right quarterback in there that he can mold under his system. And, again, early on it looked like that was. And, look, Deshaun overall didn't play that terrible yesterday against a pretty good Titans defense. I know the offense, by the way, they didn't have their top two offensive tackles either. Both of, their, both of the Titans' tackles are out, and they still couldn't beat Blaine Gabbard and have a defensive back throw a touchdown against you. I mean, terrible. That's an awful loss in division to a team that didn't have its quarterback or its left tackle. Mm. Uh, that's a terrible loss. But Deshaun Watson – generally speaking for the entire game didn't play terribly but the thing is you're paying him all this money he was a high draft pick you wanted to be able to make plays when he's in a position to do it or at least put the team in a position to be able to make plays and be able to win he didn't do
1: that when it mattered most and if it looks like he had his quarterback last year who's now back and he takes a step back that's where bill o'brien could find himself in trouble especially if the wheels fall off and they would just win five games or something like that this year no doubt all right, you want to give me a, a moral victory here, Kevin? You Bye. win. Moral victory, I'm giving it to Derek Carr. Yes,
0: the Raiders lost. Uh, failed to pick up a key third down late in the uh, fourth quarter. Failed to keep pick up a fourth down early in the fourth quarter, but... Wasn't his fault. A little bit of vindication for Derek, who got a lot of blame from a lot of fans, and more specifically, <laughs> his head coach publicly last week after he performed in the second half against the Rams. He had the highest quarterback rating and highest quarterback completion percentage for any quarterback in the history of the sport in a loss. Wasn't he 28-32? 29-32. He had three three incompletions. Two of those were drop passes. One of those was on that fourth down early in the fourth quarter. That would have kept the clock moving and put them in field goal range. So a little bit of vindication for Derek Carr, who performed – the way that John Gruden wants his quarterbacks to perform, he was very efficient, didn't turn the ball over, didn't force into coverage, dinked and dunked the down the field the entire degree, which is fine. Had because a few longer passes. Yeah, well, he had one, which was a bad call, and there were a couple of them this weekend. That was called back. It was a double pass interference call on Amari Cooper going up against Pac-Man Jones. Right. I didn't think there was interference or illegal contact on Pac-Man, and I wouldn't have called Amari Cooper's uh, wrestling his arm away from him a push-off. But that's what the official call. That was a shot down the field in the fourth quarter during the four-minute offense that would have iced the game.
1: ACDC was somewhat back. Uh yes,
0: no doubt. Derek uh, the, the AC the AC back part. black. Yes, the <laughs> AC part had uh, ten catches. Oh God, yes. <laughs> had ten catches for over a hundred yards. So offensively, called the good game looked great. Derek Carr looked was as efficient as he's ever been. No, he was he's. Notable for the fact that he was number four because he was a Brett Favre fan. He loved taking gambles, throwing down the field. You saw some of that in week one. You saw none of that here in week two.
1: I love you, man. It was
0: very, very efficient. So he mastered John Gruden's offense well. They just didn't make enough plays to some bad penalties down the stretch. The defense got tired at the end, gave up a two-minute drill. And once again, uh, John Gruden talks about the pass rush, which cost him at the end of the game. How and does he not know
1: I, what everyone's going to say when he I, says, I, we have to figure out a better way to get uh, more pressure on the quarterback, maybe blitz more? <laughs> It's the elephant in the room, John.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, but like I'm that. giving the moral victory to Derek Carr because he played extremely well and they should have won that
1: game. Should have won that game. It wasn't the Carr's fault. He Gave it away. No, it wasn't his fault. He was very good. Okay, my moral victory goes to the Philadelphia Eagles who did lose to Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitz Magic, the Amish rifle, and now Conor McGregor's cockier cousin after borrowing Deshaun Jackson's wardrobe for the uh, post-game podium presser with his Mr. T gold chain, the Top Gun aviators, and he had that low-cut shirt on so you could see his manly chest hair that Fitz confirmed was the only thing he was wearing that was actually his, that chest hair, not fake. So that's one reason it's a moral victory for the Eagles. We got to see swagged-out Fitzpatrick, who may never give back the job to Jameis Winston yeah. after back to back weeks of four hundred yards and four touchdowns. Jameis was gonna be my uh runner up
0: for a moral defeat. Cause uh <laughs> hey man, you've been kinda Team shaky, one, these, but you didn't. You've been kinda shaky these first couple of years and uh you got Fitz Magic out there doing his thing against quality teams.
1: Hey, you might not get your job back, player. Yeah. I don't think it is, if they're 4-0. no totally I, falls apart next week against the Steelers, yeah, is
0: it? Yeah, if they're 4-0, no, I think there's a legit discussion as to whether or not they let Jameis Winston take that job over.
1: Well, it's he can come back after game three, right? I thought it was a four-game suspension. I thought they reduced it by one or something like that, maybe. We'll look into it. Okay. I'll look into it. They do have the Steelers next week and then the Bears after that. So we'll see. But, yeah, at this point, when you're putting up numbers like that, it's not just that they're winning. It's all about Fitzpatrick and the way they're playing. But, of course, when the Eagles lose, this is why it's a moral victory. We get great audio from Eat That P, the lunatic Eagles fan who was very upset after this loss. He wasn't even satisfied with doing a post on YouTube when the game was still... It wasn't even over yet, and he was already upset. So here he is, EDP, earmuffs for the children. 28 to fucking 7, motherfucker! Sorry-ass motherfucking team!
0: Jalen Mills, you sorry-ass fucking bitch! Nick Foles, fuck this sorry-ass fucking bitch. Fuck this sorry-ass motherfucking bitch. 28 to motherfucking 7, Jesus 28 to fucking 7! 28 to 7! But it's okay. Let's keep sucking this motherfucker's dick because he won the fucking Super Bowl. Wide receivers is fucked. Running back is fucked. Quarterback is fucked. Defense is fucked. Lost-ass motherfucking souls.
1: Lost ass mother effing souls <laughs> i think it's a little
0: bit of an exaggeration on a sunday i mean you <laughs> didn't have jay ajay in there you lost marcus peters early in the game yes st- i mean you fought back and made it a one possession game late i thought all things considered in a tough environment when it's like 98 degrees on the field i mean that was a pretty yeah. decent effort 27 21 was the still, final he's score. Still a backup quarterback i mean Foles. i mean and he still made plays late in the game when it mattered for the most part <laughs> was he screaming 28 to 7 he just had twenty-eight to seven. Does so got the score. Uh, maybe wrong. he was a little. Uh, <laughs> he he gave him an maybe, extra point. Maybe he knocked back a few or something. <laughs> I'm struggling a little bit. Our buddy, EDP. Clearly not content with the Super Bowl championship and the fact that Carson you, Wentz is on his way back next week.
1: You're going to S Nick Foles D, Big D Nick Foles, just because he won a Super Bowl? Well, yeah, yes. actually. Yes, he won this, it was Super that's, Bowl MVP in a game a of Tom Brady deal. played the game of his life. Yeah, I'd say so. You should be s in his D for the rest of his life. Yeah. His whole life. Never bu- have to buy a drink again in Philly and... Never have to hire a prostitute. (laughs) I wouldn't think so. (laughs) Negotiated
0: from five games to three games between the NFL and Jameis Winston. So, yes, a three-game suspension. So, after next week, he'd be eligible to return to the Buccaneers.
1: That's Uh, probably worse for him because i mean Fitzpatrick just needs one more game where he plays well and it's probably lights out and again it's against
0: quality teams too this isn't the you know the weak sisters of the poor he's beating the defending super
1: bowl champions i mean nobody thought the tampa bay bucks were gonna be this good this year i thought
0: they'd be trash with Jameis winston or whoever was under center i don't think they'd be that good this year
1: deshaun jackson who caught that 75 yard touchdown on the first player of the game he now has seven career touchdowns of 75 yards or more Tying Jerry Rice mm-hmm. and Terrell Owens for the most yeah. that long of touchdowns and I heard since 1970. Rondé Barber on the
0: broadcast after that play. We have to start talking about where Deshaun Jackson ranks with the top receivers of all time. I was like, um, he doesn't. <laughs> he's a great deep threat and great playmaker, like yeah. he always has been, like he was at Long Beach Poly and like he was at Cal. That's all he's ever been. It's mm-hmm. so a quality receiver, quality big play guy little one-dimensional. Nowhere near one of the best receivers in the history of the sport. Especially let's since he dropped down.
1: that ball twice before he crossed the goal line before. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he did it twice, right? Yes, he bobbled <laughs> twice. Like,
0: let's just slow that down a little bit before yeah. we start talking about him being an all-time. He was all, one of the all-time great deep threats in the sport? Absolutely. Absolutely. All time great. He's got the wheels.
1: You just slow that down, Ronde. Don't say that. What do you want to go with here, Kevin? Surprise? Or? I'll
0: go with my best win because I haven't done you that go yet. And one? I'm giving that to the Jaguars with their 31 20 win over uh, the, the Patriots. You win. And it legitimizes them a bit after their surprise season last year when nobody saw them coming. Of course, we know they had that great first half against the Patriots in the AFC title game before they got conservative. I mean, so much so that Doug Peterson called out Doug Marone in his book that he wrote (laughs) saying that he was conservative. Like, some teams like to call it close to the vest, and we don't. And we saw it happen to another opponent of the Patriots earlier in the season. We didn't want to do that. Had to learn from their mistakes. Yeah. Uh, So, Doug Marone learned from his mistakes. They stayed aggressive late in that game. Now, the Patriots did come back because... They're the Patriots. They're going to come back. That's always going to happen. But the uh, but they kept the foot on the throat. Not having Leonard Fournette, I thought was going to be the death nail for them. Didn't even matter. Blake Bortles probably played the best game of his entire career. I know. He did play the best yeah. game of his career, statistically speaking, against a pretty quality team. And the New England Patriots, one of the best teams, obviously, in the history of the sport. So that's going to be my best win. The fact that the Jags, the Jaguars, they were at home. I'll give them that. But even still, going against... The Patriots and Tom Brady played extremely well, uh, shut them down for the most part of the game with that great defense, even though they rallied. Um, big win and a big performance for Blake Bortles, who many people thought was just going to be you know, a caretaker like he has been, uh, like he was for most of last season. And uh, he actually stepped up. What did he throw the ball? 45 times, I believe. That's a lot. It big was, plays. It was pretty efficient and made some big
1: plays for them. I'm giving all the credit. To them wearing the one-color jerseys, not those arena football Jacksonville Jaguar jerseys that they had been wearing the last couple seasons that really annoyed me. It was just all teal on those jerseys. It wasn't quite Mark Brunel style, but they looked good out there. They did. Not just in how they were playing. Uh, Okay, I'm going to go moral defeat now. You lose. For me, that goes to the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who had three touchdown passes in the first quarter, but... Just threw for six in the game. Yet everyone still wants to act like he's that good. May I remind you that Matt Flynn has thrown for six touchdowns in a game. Did he end up being a Hall of Famer? Even a Pro Bowler? No. Now Patrick Mahomes at least tied the record with seven touchdowns next to guys like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and uh, Nick Foles. I forget who he did that against. Uh, Oh, not to Oakland. uh, It was against Oakland, my bad. (laughs) but everyone jumping on the patrick mahomes train aka andy Reid's body weight needs to slow down and their defense well they've taken a step backwards this year so they're going to need him to keep playing like this i'm thinking just afc championship this year for the chiefs no super bowl for them okay oh really everyone needs just (laughs) call your jets i see (laughs) but i did see this stat uh, and this is stat of the day. Stat of the day. Pop, pop. Stat of the day. NFL teams scoring thirty-seven plus points, which the Steelers did in this game, with zero turnovers, which the Steelers had in this game, were six hundred and fifty-three and one. The only team that has lost when scoring that many points was Cleveland. They lost thirty-eight <laughs> to thirty-seven in two thousand nine. Because why not? Of course, <laughs> to, the, to the Lions even. <laughs> uh the steelers now made it 653 and 2 when you score 37 plus points and have zero turnovers but teams at home who scored 37 plus points with zero turnovers were 386 and o until yesterday they lost at home while putting up that many points to the Kansas City Chiefs no team had ever done that before this was my
0: biggest surprise and again not that it was this, it actually wasn't surprise that it was this high scoring, to be honest with you. I thought the Pittsburgh defense would play, I mean, try to play defense at home a little bit against a rookie quarterback. I realized that Pat Mahomes has a strong arm and played well, but man, guys are running open left and right. I mean, they just weren't making plays. That was the issue. I mean, look, and this has been an issue for Tomlin the last couple of years. He's supposed to be a defensive guru. Yeah. They have been in the middle of the pack or bottom third defensively in terms of yards and, and points allowed. The last
1: five seasons, their offense has actually been one of the best in the league the last five seasons. And the defense was young, and the excuse was, oh, they're going to get better. Next year is the year the defense finally steps up. And
0: I look, I know you don't have Ryan Shazier, and that's a big loss, but yeah. they weren't that great of a unit <laughs> with him in there. So what are we talking about here? Like We are, we are really inching towards, if we're not already there like Brian Billick, Baltimore Raven territory, where you're there to fix one side of the ball.
1: That's a great point. And if
0: anything, the, that side of the ball has gotten worse the longer that Mike Tomlin has been there. Yeah. How many? How long can you ride off of that Super Bowl win against Arizona?
1: Brian Billick was the coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. When they destroyed the league, he goes to the Ravens, and their offense never got that good. Yes, never did. And, Same and with the, to Mike Tomlin with, and his defense. With
0: plenty of years. And again, Tomlin's defense – Bill Cowher left them with a damn good defense. Their yeah. defense was good when he left. Cupboard was not bare. It's gotten worse and worse. And by the way, Le'Veon Bell is just sitting at home or sitting in the strip club, just smiling left and right. He's like, you think you don't need me, right? Think you don't need I me? Mean, Would I have made a difference? The running back Maybe. has been pretty
1: good. No, James Conner's been fine. He's not going to replace <laughs> Le'Veon
0: Bell. But again, when you're giving up 42 points at home, I don't know how much of a difference Le'Veon Bell's going to make. How much adding somebody offensively is going to make for you for a team that has invented ways to lose in the postseason, too, or I should say have actually gotten a lot of breaks. They've been the reverse. It's like the Packers and the Steelers have gone in a complete reverse direction since the Super Bowl. The Packers have invented ways to lose in the playoffs, even though Aaron Rodgers has played amazingly. The Steelers have gotten so many breaks and then find ways to lose. A couple of years ago, they got to the playoffs and didn't have to face Ryan Tannehill. Matt Moore was a starting quarterback when they had to go down to Miami. Hey. The Cincinnati Bengals gave away that game because Vontaze Perfect turned into Vontaze Perfect, uh, and they gave that game away.
1: Took out Antonio Brown. Yeah,
0: so it's like the Steelers I mean, living on some borrowed time and have really had some wins that they shouldn't have had uh, in the the postseason I just wonder I know the Steelers are one of the more stable franchises in the NFL they don't make coaching changes they've had three in 50 years I'm telling you man I Mike Tomlin
1: might have to be on the hot seat too this year yeah and he might not be able to you know back away from it like he did when he was trying to get who was that jacoby ford you to run into to him on that kick <laughs> kick return with the baltimore ravens before and they're my pick to go to the super bowl from the afc that's not gonna happen i mean if they score 60 points a game <laughs> maybe yeah uh i'll go with my surprise then sticking with that theme surprise mother- i'm surprised that the same guy that said this quote the people who succeed in life are those who don't quit quit I'm also surprised that this same guy that said this quote, the road to success is hard. That's why a lot of people quit on that road. Don't you be one of them. Keep going that player quit. I'm talking about Bill's cornerback, Vontae Davis, who at 30 years of age quit football mid game yesterday. Now, to be fair, a lot of bills are going to end up quitting before the season is over, but corner Vontae Davis said no Moss at halftime. And straight retired. You're out. Linebacker Lorenzo Alexander for the Bills called Davis' decision completely disrespectful. Respect. He said in a statement, Vontae Davis released a few hours after the game, that it's about injuries adding up and he realized he can't play at a high enough level anymore at the standard he set for himself. I think it happened right after Antonio Gates caught a pass on him, and he said, that's it, I'm out. This guy's so old, and he can still catch passes on me. But I looked it up. Antonio Gates didn't have a catch in that game for the Chargers. But if I am the Chargers, I'm celebrating, I making think, a guy retire before the game was over. I think Mike Williams may have be been the one when he got that
0: touchdown. I think Vontae Davis may have been the guy that he beat. He gave it up. But even still, it's <laughs> halftime. Hey, if your passion is gone or if you ain't feeling it, Lie. Tell the defensive bass coach, Hey man I got the bubble here. guts, like hey, I ate some bad Chinese last night. I'm just right. not moving that well. I can't I don't feel right. I'll stay suited up or I'll take off the pads, but I'll stand on the sideline. Man, don't take a shower and leave. I mean, you straight up quit on the on the football team. I understand looking out for number one is if you don't have the passion and don't want to play the sport anymore, by all means, walk out on your own, own terms, yeah. but only to a degree, not during a game.
1: That at, is l-
0: at least let the game finish.
1: A terrible look. Now, it God. might speak to how bad he thinks Josh Allen is, who is a young quarterback inspiring teams to retire, I guess. But if he was on the Packers or Chiefs, Vontae Davis had retired at halftime yesterday. I mean, who knows? Devontae's never been the most...
0: Well, never been the most stable guy anyway.
1: Kind of had he issues. He was on a lot of bad Colts teams, too. Never, That'll had, mess
0: with your mind. He was with the Colts and went to Miami for a little bit. He's had some issues here or there. So um, I guess it's not that surprising that he'd be the one to pull this sort of thing. But for anyway, I've never seen this
1: before. Blaine Gaver didn't quit. In any sport. Frank Gore's still playing out there. It's, <laughs> I did see this, and this may give some reasoning behind what he did. They say. Vontae Davis's $5 million salary this season is fully guaranteed because he made the opening day roster. Now, he was inactive in game one. True. Maybe he wasn't being as uh, forthright. With his lack of skills during the preseason and training camp, he was just trying to get on the roster, get that guaranteed money, and then he was always going to peace out. Like that one gift of the guy who makes the peace sign. Well, I mean, he clearly, And then just dis- disappears. He had enough ability
0: because if, if he wasn't good enough for snuff, they wouldn't have kept him. And they wouldn't take a $5 million salary right. cap
1: and keep the guy on the roster. So he looked good at some point in the preseason. Well, maybe
0: for me it's not even about looking good. Maybe he still can physically play. He just doesn't want to. Right. And that's the problem. That's you know. a problem. If you if you if you truly want now and may, if you felt some type of way about not starting opening day or not suiting up, then fine. Address that with McDermott and the coaches and say it's a problem and have them trade you or release you or whatever. But to say I, I don't want f this, I'm retiring. It just doesn't that doesn't jive with me. Quit on your team. That doesn't jive with me. That's a bad look.
1: Not good sportsmanship there.
0: Oh, bad karma there too. All right. Where are we go? Uh, I got the uh, epic epic fail for me. It's epic fail for me getting that uh, getting that word out, and that goes to me. For thinking the Arizona Cardinals were actually a halfway decent team oh, this year, Kevin. Now I go off the beaten path most of the time. I mean, anybody can you know pick like, oh, I'm going to add the Patriots and the Eagles in the Super Bowl again. You, you know? go out on a limb where the best fruit is. Good point, <laughs> salient point, Adam Austin. That's right. I thought the Cardinals again coming back having some health in that defense. Sam Bradford, when he's been healthy, which is never, is actually a pretty good quarterback, most accurate quarterback in the history of sport for a single season a couple of years ago when he played 16 games or 15 games for the uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. But man, they were—he was getting crushed
1: behind that, you know, Swiss cheese offensive line.
0: Well, now they're just terrible. They come to their—they come to the Rose Bowl, or excuse me, to the Coliseum, and just get run over by, albeit a quality Rams team that were one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl this year. And I don't deny it; they made improvements to their roster. They looked amazing as you would expect them to. But damn, I thought the Cardinals would at least be somewhat competitive. Thirty-five to nothing. Like, no first downs in the first half, I think, is what it was. I mean, I, I, if there's any consolation, all right, Gurley ran 19 times for 40 yards. He also had three touchdowns. Oh. So, so they shut him down, though, you know, yeah, between oh, great. the 20s. Yeah, he just, great. Once they got in the red zone, he was a problem. What about Jerry Goff passing for 360 yards? <laughs> what, about, what about that one? Pat, what, where you at, He's Pat got P? Brandon Cooks now. Where you at, Pat P? I thought Pat P was supposed to be covering Brandon Cooks. What he, happened? Had a, he
1: had a nice interception. What, what happened? Or Did they
0: call that back? I think No, they, he got it. He got it. That, okay. was, that was the one pick. Great pick. Brandon Cooks has six He'll kills and for, like a, half the field. for like 170 yards. <laughs> and Pat P, Mr. I-covered to top receiver every single – it's not his fault. It's a team defense thing, obviously. Ooh, Pat, Pat Peters is one of my favorite players in the league. The but, it, but it was just bad. And then to hear Steve Wilkes after the game say, "Well, yo, we have to look at our scheme, look at our personnel, look at our – hey, man, it's week two of the regular season, not the preseason – and y'all got to look at personnel and scheme. Y'all are effed. <laughs> and the Arizona Cardinals are effed for the 2018 season.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look good. Uh, my o Troy epic fail of the week. Do we have. Oh, Troy. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Do we still have the full clip of that sound bite? Do we have uh, the extended have to, edition? We'd have to dig it up. Okay, we'll find that for next week. It's going to a man they call Blair Walsh 2.0, but his real name is Daniel Carlson for now until he has to go into witness protection because he has to hide from Minnesota fans who are upset with him after he missed two kicks in overtime against the Packers, and the second kick that would have won the game was just a 35-yarder. We were a field goal, right? A game, now, I didn't think... Minnesota deserved to win after that roughing the passer call on Clay Matthews, which was complete horse. One of the worst calls I've ever seen. Yeah. But still, Kirk Cousins made big throws, sure did. split the defense, had them in position to win a huge divisional game just to have Daniel Carlson go full Blair Walsh. And he even looked more scared than if the Blair Witch was haunting him. He admitted after the game that last miss was probably more just confidence after missing the two prior but if there is one coach speaking of Bobby Knight, I would not want to let down. It is Mike Zimmer, who I'm not, here to f- around this week. not only because he's a tough guy and he's a Bobby Knight type personality, but he doesn't give an f that they took this guy in the fifth round, which was the highest pick for a kicker this past year in the draft. He already didn't like Daniel Carlson in the preseason. Zimmer opted to go for a two-point conversion early in the second quarter, trying to send a message to uh, Carlson after he missed a field goal from 42 yards earlier in that preseason game. So I'm thinking either him or Gonzalez of the Browns. One of them is probably going to be let go this week or oh, the next will. couple weeks. Schefter tweeted this morning
0: the Browns are looking for a kicker. So is Dan
1: Bailey available? That's hap-
0: yes, which is surprising to me. The he's only, only thirty. The only reason he was cut. Now he had a, he had a leg injury last year, which is a problem when you were kicker. Um, but in a back, I think, like had, I think he had a back before. Um, but still, one of the, I think he he was the most accurate kicker in NFL history as yeah. of last year or two years ago. And now again, wasn't Vanderjack the one before that? Yes, <laughs> except for what mattered when it came to the liquored up Vanderjack. But I mean, he's a good only, kicker he's an idiot. And the only reason the Cowboys cut him is because he was making too much money so he's out there he's sitting on the streets people thought the Chargers would sign him and they didn't so why Dan Bailey hasn't gotten a job and by the way just this weekend was not a good weekend uh, for kickers and just in general it was hell week I mean the Raiders lost by one they missed an extra point we talked about what happened to the Browns in their game against the Saints all the kicks that they missed and you mentioned the Minnesota Green Bay game so a lot of games decided by kicking and by the way I don't necessarily mind it. I think I heard, I forget who it was on the radio this morning, complaining about, like, there's too much emphasis. These kickers are too important to the outcomes of games. Look at how many games were cost because kickers were missing kicks. I think it's great because I think special teams is now more than ever being marginalized. I think this at least adds some element of importance to it. And again, the extra points were so much of a given back then. They aren't now. That's
1: the best rule change the NFL has ever made. Moving them back to 33 yards for the extra points because now there's something on the line. you, yeah, have, to you watch have to earn those kicks. it. You
0: have to actually earn it. And guys miss them. <laughs> yes, and it makes a difference in the outcomes of games, as we saw multiple times yesterday.
1: Yeah. So uh, okay. Do we have anything else in the six pack here? I believe that's all. All right, cool. Uh, coming up next, we will get to geek news. We will get to your phone calls. We're giving away a Spider-Man video game later this week. Stick with us, CFNA podcast.
0: Groovy. FNA Cotton, FNA. 949 478 1197 is the number to leave us a voicemail. We will get to the voicemail that we received over the weekend coming up. A little bit later this segment, but it is Monday, so that means it's time for
1: Geek News. Nerds, nerds, nerds. What is a nerd? Lone gunman. We're playing D tonight. You wanna come? Gangsters. What's up, guys? World. Don't be jealous that I've been chatting online oh, with geez. babes all day. Just keep your power gloves off her, pal. Raise yourselves, gentlemen. It's been a while since I've gone into a Predator or an Aliens movie with any hope of a viewing experience that wouldn't make me want to have. Alien Acid burned my eyes out. The disappointment started with Alien Resurrection and has continued through the multiple Alien vs Predator movies, and then Predators, Plural, and Prometheus, and Alien Covenant, which was the last one I saw and I reviewed, and it should have been the last one I reviewed in both of these franchises. Because Alien vs Predator doesn't mean a crossover movie anymore, but rather a battle for who can make the crappier movie featuring these two different creatures. I thought Alien Covenant would be tough to beat. But after this last viewing, I can now safely say, for the moment at least, Predator has the upper hand. This last movie, and I think we do have some good music for it, because that's as good as this movie got. They got the music right. That was it. (laughs) It was called The Predator. And it was Predator Dog S, almost literally, because they did have a predator species in it, which was supposed to represent their pet dogs, but they didn't crap green poop or red infrared dung or anything. But if they did, we all would have stepped in it walking into this movie. I'd say spoiler alert, but by the time I get done with this review, it's probably going to be pulled from the theaters and go straight to DVD and thrown into the Walmart bargain bin. And why waste a Blu-ray on this? Just make it DVD. (laughs) Ugh, why waste time or money on it? Don't do it. Don't do what I did. Petros always says learn to hate yourself with the Bachelor Report. Yep. I say learn to love yourself again mm. if you made it through this movie and didn't try to choke yourself to death on a $12 hot dog. Or a mouthful of Sour Patch Kids, which is how I want to go. First the Sour of Life and then the sweet, sweet death. So I first realized the movie was entering Razzie territory when they unveiled the Hallmark Channel subplot with the Sniper's Kid being on the Spectrum. In the weakest, most cliche way ever, he's smart, has some OCD, and he's being bullied at school for being autistic. One bully, though, does say, if we make fun of you, what are you going to do? Wash your hands a lot? Sadly, that was my favorite part of the movie, <laughs> besides no one being in the theater on the day after it was released. You were the, you were by yourself. Yes. What time did you go? There was five people in there. I think I went at three o'clock Friday. Okay. Later, the kid with Asperger's, which was not delicately handled in an Asperger of a movie. What do you mean it wasn't delicately handled? Well, I'll tell you. It just... Was it over the top? Yeah. Like, uh... They were really throwing it in your face. Hmm.
0: Like, like, disrespectful to, like, the autistic community will, like, have some sort of, like, burn the stakes and go after the studio type thing? Probably. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> California. Jeez. Well, that kid was also autistic. They just didn't know how to diagnose it back when the wizard was around. Ah. Uh, but this kid is trick-or-treating while wearing some of the Predator's equipment and weaponry. So if this kid knocks on your door holding an open pillowcase and you offer weak-ass, fun size bars or apple slices, you're getting a laser-powered rocket launcher blast in your face, which actually happens. The kid ends up killing a threatening neighbor on accident because the alien technology was triggered. So a kid killed an innocent bystander while trick-or-treating in predator armor. <laughs> Even worse, the kid figures out how to use the alien tech And control things like the ship it's like effing flight of the navigator going on (laughs) a good movie but that's a PG kids movie this is a rated R predator film and yet we're following this stupid storyline where a kid saves the day and is the smartest character completely undercutting the adults and what's supposed to be a menacing ferocious and calculated predator There's all kinds of cheesy lines to try and show heart because we always wanted a Predator movie for the whole family, right? So was this kid supposed
0: to be like some sort of savant or something? Is that what what they were angling for? Child
1: prodigy. That's what they're (laughs) angling for? That can topple down an an, an alien that's trying to take over and destroy the world? They show him kicking ass in chess like a mini Bobby Fischer. He's playing multiple boards at once. (laughs) But the child is just one of the many characters that suck the family jewels. Okay. Remember the original Predator? The characters were so awesome. You had Arnold and Carl Weathers doing the Mr. Olympian handshake, and Jesse the Body Ventura saying this. This stuff will make you a damn sexual Tyrannosaurus, just like me. And Mac going after the Predator solo, singing Little Richard's "Long Tall Sally." I'm gonna have me some fun. And don't forget about the Native American tracker named Billy. That Army Special Forces team was lethal, gritty and badass, and meanwhile this new motley crew of soldiers and scientists aren't worth the chew spit out of Ventura's mouth. The Predator went on the cheap with this movie. Like Carl Weathers in Arrested Development cheap, with the lack of star power with this cast. But really, I don't even mind the actors and whatever Olivia Munn is trying to do. Mm. They just had terribly developed backstories and dialogue to where you couldn't care less who dies, except for Olivia. For the eye candy. That's why she was there, I think. And I guess she was so hot, they even had a predator looking at her like a different type of predator, if you know what I mean. You have a seat right over here for me. Uh oh Speaking of, I guess this is kind of some sick irony, but Olivia Munn appeared in a now-deleted scene with actor Stephen Wilder Striegel who turns out spent six months in prison in 2010 after pleading guilty to risk of injury to a child and enticing a minor by computer after he was accused of trying to lure a 14-year-old girl into a sexual relationship. Screen name Meat Rocket 8. So they took that scene and that actor completely out of the movie once this stuff surfaced. But more on that in a little bit. Back to the legal carnal desires. Multiple times in this movie, they shamelessly use the decontamination zone, where you have to shower before entering and leaving the main laboratory as an opportunity to tease you with some skin show from Olivia Munn, but it doesn't turn into the shower scene from Starship Troopers. You see nothing. Early in this movie, there's a scene where a predator escapes the lab, slashing meaningless extras, and then sees naked Olivia Munn. And must have got a heart or a heart on and decides to pass on killing her for reasons unknown, although I think they were trying to imply that this was a female predator and uh didn 't want to kill one of her own kind I guess of oh. trouble I guess is that a thing like they 're not supposed to kill their own i don 't know <laughs> okay now the main hero yeah, there, there, was there ever any clarity to that later in the film at all? Not from what I saw mm-hmm. <laughs> there was some terrible editing though it could have been on the cutting room floor maybe. The main hero is a dude, and I mean a military man, tool, douche type, played by Boyd Holbrook. Oh, classic. I mean, that's what you would expect in a movie like this. He's best known for being the bad guy in Logan, and he's a good actor. But they did him no favors with the writing and his stereotypical, I'll kick your ass if you touch my boy-like attitude. Mm. Keegan-Michael Key is in it, too, but offers nothing beyond a semi-humorous your mama joke. Because, yes, he plays the funny guy. <laughs> But so does pretty much everyone throughout this film. Uh, It's way too lighthearted for the subject matter. They use Thomas Jane's character, who has Tourette's as comedy relief, where he's randomly spouting off swear words in pretty uncreative ways. Shitty fucking movie! Uh, Because, sorry, excuse me, I had a little Tourette's there myself. (laughs) The guy who plays Chris Darden in the FX miniseries, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, I love him. He's also in it, but the glove doesn't fit. And he plays the overly ambitious government agent looking to weaponize the Predator's technology and he's in over his head and it becomes his undoing. You know that. Uh, Also the Brit who plays Reek, Theon Greyjoy in Game of Thrones is in it. And yeah, I'd rather have Ramsey Bolton dismember my member than watch another Predator movie after this. If I bleed, can we kill this franchise? I'd sacrifice it. (laughs) The only thing they got right was this music you're hearing. It's the same soundtrack from the original but everything else feels like a cheap parody that you can't take remotely seriously. It's like getting Machine Gun Kelly when you were expecting Eminem. <laughs> the Predators in it are more bootlegged than my Ninja Turtles shirt. <laughs> While the first one they show at least looks good, it's all costume, mostly real effects. But then they introduce the newer Evolve Predator that's like 12 feet high. It's a tall one. It's like Bobon. <laughs> mm. but it's done with cheap CGI that would make the original bright orange Predator suit worn by Jean-Claude Van Damme look cool in comparison. Yeah, they tried to up the stakes with a newer model of Pred, but it didn't work. And in doing so, they disrespected the original greatly. In one ludicrous scene, a Predator holds up the severed arm of a soldier that's giving a thumbs up through a curtain in order to trick another soldier into thinking everything is A-OK. Those goofy predators, they're so silly. I don't know, I would say that's pr- smart. <laughs> it's it's not, just, not, is that not a good strategy? There's got to be a better way to get out of that scene than the thumbs up. I don't know. Oh, wait, it was a thumbs up? I don't know, you say he using his arm. It's like he took the guy's arm, uh-huh. made the thumbs up motion with the dead guy's arm, and then put it through a curtain, which is all the truck driver could see and was like, oh, everything in the back of the truck is okay after I heard all this commotion because the Predator just slaughtered everybody back there. Yeah. The Predator also starts using hostages to negotiate with, which is just so lame to see from a creature that's supposed to be so ferocious. They've completely emasculated the Predator here. Yet the director, Shane Black, said, quote, this is the scariest one. We're upgrading the Predator to new levels of deadliness. Sure, Shane. But in reality, your predator is about as intimidating as a scary monster from Power Rangers. You know, Rita Repulsa throwing down that wand. Your attempt at an Iron Man movie was scarier, Shane. He did the third one. In fact, your decision to cast a sex offender with a record who's a friend of yours to be in the movie was scarier than anything that made it into the film. And that has turned into a major controversy. People are wondering how 20th Century Fox didn't do proper vetting on the casting there. Olivia Munn has been on multiple talk shows talking about the gross negligence. So now Shane Black, this director, he officially sucks at directing, but he also sucks as a person, apparently. He just got lucky with that movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is also what the pedophile was trying to do. I did tweet Shane while I was watching The Predator. About 15 minutes into it, he's at Fide Black. I said, about to walk out of your Predator movie with enough time to still get my money back. Now I didn't walk out, because I wanted to finish it for the sake of the review. And I didn't actually have to spend much money since I have the new AMC pass, I dropped movie pass. But I was just trying to make a point of how bad it was. Hopefully I've done that here in this review. (laughs) No one see this movie! And it's probably seriously going to be pulled from theaters, theaters in about a week. It's unbelievably because, bad.
0: I was like, wait, because it's bad or because of the controversy around the actor?
1: Both. I'm guessing that's why some people aren't even going to it. They don't want to support it. But it didn't look good from the preview. I thought it looked like the quality of a Showtime series or something. I would
0: agree. <laughs> Which is why I don't have the movie pass or the AMC pass, and I sure as hell wasn't paying $16 to go
1: see it or 12 or whatever it was. It just got way worse once I got in there. Everything that was bad in the preview was greatly magnified in the movie. Uh, and the kid storyline, and the dog predators, and yeah, I can't, I can't do it anymore. They have to stop these things.
0: Like uh, their attempt to try to make the predator more intelligent or something, or
1: less of a, yeah, I don't, less of a hunter, more of a strategist, or a
0: strate- strategical hunter. Was well, that which supposed he to be is, more of? A-
1: but don't make it stupid. Don't give the thumbs up thing going on. Don't make them negotiate with people. Uh, there's also used a translator at one point. Oh, and even the worst part, so he can speak English. Who trans a translator like what? Well, like a uses handheld a computer in the ship. They tease at the very end of the movie that there's some new technology that another predator is giving the human race because they've been intertwined and their blood has some of our DNA in it. And it's crazy in that respect. It's stupid. It's not even worth thinking about. But there's a predator that's trying to help the human race continue, and so they send what's supposed to be a weapon, and they tease it and build this thing up, and it's a pod that's opening, and you're like, who's it going to be? I think it's either going to be an alien, because they're saying this is what can beat the predators, so it's going to be an alien teasing another Alien versus Predator movie, or maybe it's going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger's character cloned from 1987, and it's going to be a CGI young Arnold. No, instead, it's just a Predator suit that's all armor and looks like, you know, a, a metal Predator. It's like, th- th- that was it? That was what you were teasing out throughout the whole movie? It I wish was It was such a letdown. I
0: wish it was Chris Hansen. That's that's <laughs> what I wish it would have showed up.
1: Don't you have the seat right over here. For that would
0: have drawn me in for the sequel. That's done. I'm sold. Chris Hansen in the Predator suit. Finally. With some... With some wheat fans and some cookies in another hand. Oops, he's done it again. (laughs) That worked for me. Uh, 949-478-1197 is the number to call and leave us. I was about to say leave us a review. You can do that too if you have one. If you have a more scathing review than Adam, which is not possible because he pretty much (laughs) tore it to shreds. Seems rightfully so though. Had to. 949-478-1197. We have one voicemail to get to. Let's take a listen and see what we have. Damn! What are the chances the day you get out a good price is the day I already bought the goddamn game? Oh, you too, Andre. Shit! Uh, return it. That's really messed up, Adam. Well, well. Even I, I was never gonna win anyway. Let's be honest. That's a good point. Uh, you're true. You're a dick. Uh, later. Um, I hope whoever has the game enjoys it. Play them online.
1: Hey, there's Andre 3000 ways to hate on this show. Well, that was necessary. Thank you, Andre. We appreciate it. Not going to win with that call. Sure as hell not. You could just have not said that, win the game, and then sell it or give it to someone else. You, so I, actually, I don't know how that works if you're downloading it, but... I'm sure you could have found a way. Sell the promo code. You could have found a way. There's a way. There's always a way to make it happen. Whatever the code is, the download code. Yes. We have a promo code, though, at rippedapparel.com. Yeah, it's F&A. Pretty simple. Sounds pretty simple to me. Best shirts ever.
0: Rippedapparel.com. Go to the promo code or go to the box and type in F&A. You'll get 10% off of anything that you purchase at rippedapparel.com. If you go to our website, fnapodcast.com, you can also listen to the show, stream the show there, and you can click on the Amazon banner before you shop for anything on Amazon.com, and we get a little kickback, and thank you for your support on the show. So just... FNAPodcast.com, click on the Amazon banner, we appreciate it. Hit us up on Twitter, as I mentioned earlier, at FNA Show. We're on Instagram and Facebook.com slash FNA Show as well.
1: And I, I'm at KFig1, Adam, you are at follow Adam A. Thursday. We will give away the Spider-Man new PS4 video game to the best caller. No reward is worth this. I think it's worth calling in for that. I will that. say so. And it's wide
0: open because there's nobody in contention right now. It's like a $60 game, guys. No one in contention right now. 949-478. Yeah. Nine, four, nine, four, side of the bracket's wide open. 11 nine, four, nine, four, 949-478. One one nine seven. As Adam mentioned, we're back on Thursday. Look forward to that. We'll talk to you guys later this week. For Adam, I am Kevin. This has been another edition of the FNA podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's call for for the- this stuff will make
1: you a damn sexual tyrannosaurus, just like me.